This is Tris Hussey. I'm a writer, author, content marketer, and blogger. And in this podcast, I'm going to be talking to other writers, bloggers, content marketers, so you can take a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to create all the content you read every day. Welcome to My Ink Stained Fingers. Chuck, what we've welcome to the podcast. We've been in each other's orbits probably for a decade in the mind mapping writing world, and we finally, you know, look in each other face to face through through a pan, the pandemic camera and and talking. And so, what I wanted to talk to you about is this. Thing you, you happen to just put put out an ebook on on mind mapping for writers and writing. So maybe you could start off with how did you get into mind mapping, and then how did that evolve into doing it? You know, as as part of your writing process and toolkit. Yeah, it all started out uh, with an interest in creativity and innovation, and. Uh, this had to be right around 2001, I believe. Uh, I realized that nobody was really covering the innovation space full time. So I created a site, Innovation Tools, that focused on it and with very much a tool focus, uh, tools and techniques for creativity, brainstorming, idea management. Uh, and uh, I started writing about mind mapping then and uh, decided at some point, because there's just so much going on in that space as it was kind of... Uh, in its infancy, that I needed to create a blog focused just on that. And it's actually outlived the innovation website. And I've actually been doing the mind mapping software blog for 14 years now. If you can Has it that. been? F- I can't. Uh, no, I can totally believe that because I've been blogging for about 16, 17 years and discovered mind mapping. Um, I think I was int- introduced it uh, through maybe mind when Mind Manager was still owned by MindJet, I think. Yeah, I can totally believe it. Did you ever did you ever mind map on pen and paper? I see people who's like, I'm mind mapping, and they do these intricate drawing things. Did you ever do that? A little bit, but uh, when I first became familiarized with mind mapping software, I was actually visiting a, a creativity consultant friend of mine in Chicago, and he said, hey, let's go over to the Apple office in downtown Chicago. Somebody's there from this company, Inspiration Software, and they're going to be showing this this new program they came up with that basically takes mind mapping and and puts it into a, a visual software environment. And when I saw it demonstrated, it absolutely blew my mind, Tris. The, yeah. the fact that you could um, not only quickly get all of your ideas into a visual format, but then move them around and rearrange them at will just totally blew me away. I think we had the exact same experience. and But uh, what's interesting is I find some people just don't get mind maps, which is weird. It's like you just read them clockwise, <laughs> like or right. however you organize. You just read them clockwise and you can move things around. And it is, I, it's, it feels like you and I had the same experience. I felt like when I discovered mind maps, it was unleashing creativity because it just, it, right. it is like, it's just, you just stream thoughts, cure, just go. And it works. 
So it seems like it was a natural extension then to move that to writing. Is that was that your experience? Yes, or for any complex project. I mean, just the fact that you can get all of this out there in a skeletal form. And I've always made the point for years on my blog and the webinars I've done and things like that, that uh, if you're just writing, if you're just kind of vomiting things into a Word document, you can't really see the underlying structure. It's kind of hidden in, mm-hmm. in sentences and paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So to be able to step back and look and see, do I have something that's complete? Is it cohesive? Does it have a good flow to it? It's actually a little bit hard for many people to see. But if you do that in mm-hmm. kind of a skeletal form, it's much easier to look at it and say, well, I need to build this part out more, or this is superfluous. I can kind of slim it down and combine it with this other section. And then actually the most important part is to look at it and say, this is missing. I need to add this. Yeah. So you can come up with a complete uh, structure for your writing and then actually export it straight into Word. Right. For and, the, for those which who, gives you a little bit of momentum. Wh- so. Which, for those of you who still use Word, um, I, I, I try to avoid it <laughs> as much as humanly possible yeah. and write in other tools. But I think that's exactly it. Um, and I love that. I, that is the, the connection for me. When I first uh, wrote my first book, I did it like I think every other author thinks you're supposed to do it. I started off in Word and started writing. But when I wrote the second book, I started off in a mind map. And it was so much smoother because it was exactly like you said. Oh, this section looks good. Oh, wait, that's missing something. And, and I could then I exported it to Word when uh, because that was, that was the tool I used at the time. And then it was all there. I just filled in the gaps. And it, and it, was, it was truly an amazing experience. Um, one thing I noticed in your ebook when I read it through it last night was that you use for writers, especially for fiction, you had something like, like, Oh wait, here's a cool little subplot. And you realize, uh, I'm going to pull that out of the story, but you, you, you physically pull it out of the mind map to make a floating topic and group it with a little circle. So it was like, okay, this is outside. How do you, do you think that helps your writing be more, um, concise or cohesive? Well, I think what happens to all writers and, pretty much anyone who's a creative is you're working on something you're heavily engaged in it, and all of a sudden this unrelated idea pops into your head and you don't want to lose it yeah but you don't want it to interrupt your flow either so you got to have some way to capture that without disturbing your flow and if you kind of park it in a floating topic that gives you a couple of choices number one first of all you don't lose the idea it's there it's kind of tabled if you will for a while and you can always decide what to do with it later and that could you know, become a separate mind map. It could get reintegrated into your map as as you build out its structure and figure out what pieces are missing and how they need to be arranged. And so, but it's there. It's kind of in the periphery, but it's not dominating your attention. Mm-hmm. One of the things that occurred to me while you were talking about writing out, making a mind map for the structure of your document, it's very much like our English teachers told us in school: you have to make an outline for your term paper. And as I, as I talked about it, my first episode of this podcast, my first term paper in high school, I got a D minus, um, which led to the, my parents buying a computer, which led to all of this. But it, it seems that when people look at an outline, it's almost too structured, even if, like it's that you have blank page syndrome. Do you think by just the, the sort of that weird bubble spoke thing of mind maps, do you think it helps people unlock their outlines faster or maybe with less, because it feels, I don't know, 
less structured than what their English teachers told them they had to do? You can actually use the mind map to do a brain dump. Just get your ideas down without worrying about the structure. And then because you have complete freedom to move things around and add to them and enhance them, you can do what I call emergent structure. You don't force your ideas into a pre-formatted type of structure too early. You can actually look at the patterns, look at what you've captured, and continue to add to that, and then slowly but surely bring uh, structure to that. And so I think it, you end up with a tighter outline. Mm. Uh, uh, it, I think it helps writers, uh, it helps to prevent overwriting, where you're just kind of vomiting things on the page again and mm -hmm. then having to go back and clean up. And, and I'm a, as good of an editor as a writer, but I think there's some time-saving aspects there and it's less frustrating because you know exactly what you need to do next. Right, right. There's a, there's a lot less of needing, there's a lot fewer darlings you need to kill when you're editing. If exactly. you start with a nice tight outline that, that has flowed from your ideas and you've organized them. So um, one of the people that inspired this book, I uh, just wanted to, to bring this up yeah. uh, quite heavily is a guy named Roger C. Parker, whose name is probably familiar to you in the mind mapping space. Uh, probably six, eight years ago, he wrote a series of articles for the Content Marketing Institute on using mind maps for writing. Mm -hmm. And his point was, it's not just the writing itself. There's a whole constellation of things around it, uh, whether it's planning your writing, you know, coming up with character profiles or an audience persona, uh, looking at what the competition is for your book so mm -hmm. you can figure out how to differentiate what you're going to do. And then on the other end of things, once the book's complete, you need to market it. Yeah. Whether that's your own channels like a blog or social media channels or reaching out to influencers or press releases, et cetera, et cetera. There's this myriad of details that surround your book that are almost impossible to keep in your head. Or mm -hmm. maybe you put them in a really, really long document or a series of Evernote notes. But the mind maps enable you to keep that better organized and manage the whole project end to end more efficiently, I think. Yeah, that was interesting when I, I was you know, re-familiarizing myself with Mind Manager last night and working with some of their tools. It's, it, it's, it seems that it's... It's coming to a, a place where it almost is its own productivity suite, where it does have timelines and deliverables and, and you know progress. Do yeah. you see this? Do you think this was a natural evolution of how people were using mind maps, or was it is it something else? I think it was a combination of users deciding, hey, maybe I can use this as a lightweight project management tool. And then, you know, having a dialogue with the developers and saying, you need to build this into it. And, you know, what if we added a Gantt chart? And what if we did all these other things? I mean, Mind Manager now does diagramming. You can create Kanban boards, which mm -hmm. is, you know, everybody's eyes glaze over the minute you mention that. But it's basically an ability to take a whole bunch of stuff and put it into columns, but just dragging and dropping very easily. Yeah, I love then, Kanban. It's my favorite project management organization tool, yeah. hands or down. Or if you've used mondays.com or whatever, yeah. that, that's exactly what that does. But it, but it enables you to classify a whole bunch of ideas really, really quickly. And yeah. then in Mind Manager, you can just move back out to the mind map format or to the traditional outline. So it gives you a lot of ways of, uh, as I like to describe it, thinking about your thinking, getting it out of your head and into some tangible form, and then figuring out how to enhance it, complete it, organize it, and mm -hmm. then share it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's really powerful that way. Now, I feel like in the early part of this century, it's weird speaking it like that, but you know, like in the early 2000s, mind mapping sort of had a popped up on the scene again. It's probably it's been around. It's been around for a while. It popped up on the scene, but it feels like it it's maybe lost a little of its its momentum because suddenly there were a lot of mind mapping apps early, you know, in the two thousands we we've both, I think you and I've probably tried all of them. You of course have, cause you write the mind mapping software blog. Um, but do you, I feel like mind mapping has kind of fallen under the radar again. And do you agree? Is that something that you've seen as well? Uh, it kind of seemed that way, you know, as a product category, it's, it's gotten more mature and, you know, we get to a point where, and I've, pointed this out on the blog, you know, I try not to be all happy, happy, happy about mind mapping software. I mean, I see stuff that developers come out with and I go, really? Mm. People actually need this feature? Yeah, It's like throw a bunch of crap against the wall and see what sticks to some extent. But it seems to have kind of faded into the background. But it's interesting that you bring this up because I've had a couple of conversations with several software developers recently that uh, stated unequivocally that the uh, working from home spike that occurred because of COVID has brought it back to the forefront mm. because, you know, in a lot of business environments, people were using a whiteboard yeah, or, or something else to do brainstorming in a small team. And so now suddenly that's been removed right. because you can't go into the office anymore. So what, what's going to fill that gap for us? Well, it is things like diagramming software and uh, visual collaboration tools like Miro and Mural yes. and mind mapping software. Yeah, it enables them to get that work done and do that group thinking uh, without having to be face to face. You know, it's there. I'm having these weird coincidental synchronicities as in the past. Uh, let's call it, say 24 hours that are really fascinating. Because just yesterday I was speaking with um, my 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 coach Dave McDonald. So Dave, I'm giving you a little shout out. He's, he and I have been working on um, you know just you know personal coaching kind of things. And he was bringing up Mural, and I thought he said Miro because they're, they sound very as digital whiteboard things right. for this for collaborating and putting things together. I've used I used Miro in my last job to help uh, do this virtual thing. Like, hey, let's do a storyboard. But then, as I was talking with Brett just an hour ago, he was talking about using the mind mapping tool MindMeister, which is a web based one, yeah. for live collaboration with his clients and it i think you're right this 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 pandemic has pushed everyone at home and now we suddenly have to figure out well if i can't stand in front of a whiteboard and be sniffing those wonderful markers how do i brainstorm with my colleagues and I think you're right. Mind mapping just fits right in because you there's no structure, just like a whiteboard. You start on a whiteboard, it just you write whatever, right? But at least with a mind map, you can write whatever and move it. You can't really, you know, cut out a chunk of your whiteboard and paste it to another, right. another part of the whiteboard. Right. I think they would get a little angry with you. Um, I think you're right. That's 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 well, really interesting. These conversations have been so interesting, Tris. Uh, independently, these people told me that, uh, you know. From their standpoint, you know, one was uh, Miro, which uh, I still have yet to uh, to publish. That's going to be coming out in a week or so. But uh, they've, you know, they've got a very sticky notes oriented yes. tool, and now they're moving in the direction of, of uh, enabling you to do micro, 
diagramming and mind mapping. They just announced that. Wow. That's big. And the other one was the other one was a, a soft or a diagramming software company, SmartDraw. Okay. Both I of them, them independently told me, yeah, told me that if you look back over the last decade, what happened was mind mapping and tools like diagramming were fairly popular. And then as other things became cool, like Slack yeah. and uh, at the Atlassian stack and a bunch of other productivity tools came to the fore, uh, mind mapping and other visual tools kind of faded into the background, but now it's coming back for the reasons I've just described with the pandemic. And as companies have realized that you still need to map out processes yes. and things like that. And uh, they're kind of remembering, yeah, remember we had these tools that enable us to do that? We, we need to do that again. And now these tools are beginning to be integrated into this whole uh, software as a service stack, you know, depending, you know, whether that's Evernote or, you know, Atlassian and things like that, where you don't have a discrete file that you're passing around a network anymore. You've got all of this data and all this information sitting in different fragments and different platforms, and you need to be able to connect them so you can work with them and get, get work done efficiently. So it's coming back because of that. I, I think you're right. I think you know, that is another really interesting tangent uh, or you know, segue of we have so many cloud services. Um, and if you're like, you're like me, like I, I work with a number of different clients and everyone uses a myriad of different product, you know, product management productivity tools. And how do you build like, okay, well, some, one, one person uses Asana, the other person uses Monday.com, the other person uses Trello. One per, you know, they all use these different things. How do you, as a consultant, pull things together? So you have a con cohesive picture of what you're doing, but even then within departments, they have these silos. And how do they how do they pull those things in that right. and, the, and the neural nature of mind maps? There is, it, it reminds me, um, there was a tool I'm sure called the Brain. It might have been the first yes. first mind mapping thing. Now, as I reflect back, it was it was probably the late '90s. I remember looking at it, um, which had this idea of connecting dis independent discrete parts together. It was kind of mind mapping, but kind of not. It was more like file connecty kind it's of like thing. Networked knowledge management. Yeah, is what it really was. Yeah, but it seems that maybe your mind maps are moving into that direction to help people do this this meta connection across these silos and across these informational paradigms. It even seems to be going the other direction. One of the things that blew me away when I talked to the SmartDraw folks is uh, they're actually using their tool with an API to look at an active directory, which wow. contains all the email addresses, all of the printers and other devices that are on the network, and it'll it'll suck in all that data and create a diagram out of it. Which automatically. Which given the complexity of today's networks, especially when now you have to consider people who are on your network but from home and you have servers right. ev literally everywhere. That's a really needed. Just how how do you visualize this as a as a, as one lone human managing a network? How 
can anyone imagine just picturing all that? It seems like a natural. But they use. said it saves it saves one person days, literally, because you're not mapping this out manually. Mm-hmm. And if the information is well structured in Active Directory, it's going to be well structured in the map. Right. You don't really have to even do that much validation of it. So it's it's a huge time saver. Yeah, it's like you you, you can give it that quick sniff test. It's like, yeah, that that looks about right. Cool. That, there's my network yeah. map. Now, if we get back to the the topic of writers and mind mapping. What's your process for when, like, okay, you're going to write, let's say, a blog post? Because I think a book is a is a really big, meaty chunk. And when I start writing blog posts, mind mapping wasn't isn't usually the first thing I think of because it's like, ah, it's only two thousand words. I might have like five big headings. But what's your process for the the short to medium form writing? How do you integrate mind mapping into that? Um, I often don't. I save the mind mapping for the bigger, more multifaceted projects where I really need to kind of come up with a bigger plan for for something like an ebook or a course in particular. Mm. If I'm putting together a course, there's just multiple modules, multiple things that I want to make sure to cover in each in each of the modules, and that it becomes an essential planning tool for that. But for the average blog post, I'm just jotting something quickly down in Evernote. Uh, I use uh, the dictation feature of my iPhone extensively just to grab mm. things on the fly. And then I slowly build up a nucleus around that. And then once I, I've got something that I'm pretty happy with, then I really dig into it and, and flesh it out. And mm-hmm. and I, I may create a mind map to support it, depending on what I'm writing about. So. Right. Well, that was one of the facets I found really fascinating <laughs> about your ebook. If we go kind of go into like... I could tell from the beginning, like, here's the mind map for the entire book. But as you move through each chapter, each chapter had its own mind map that outlined this is what what we're going to do. Do you think that is a, a way people can help make content more digestible by presenting that introduction to a chapter, especially something meaty and more complex that um, will... Um, that will uh, make it easier to to absorb content of a book. Yeah, I think uh, it you know addresses the fact that when you've got somebody consuming your content, they have different modalities. They they like to consume information, and in, in providing a visual component helps them see how all the pieces fit together. And honestly, for my book, the main reason I, I formatted it the way I did with uh, a mind map for each topic was to show what's possible to people who may not be using mind mapping. They probably heard of it as a brainstorming tool and maybe a memory aid, but they don't really have any sense for what's possible. So I wanted to open their eyes to kind of this whole end-to-end book planning, writing, and marketing uh, continuity and, uh, and how mind mapping can play a role at each step to help you organize and and flesh out your thinking and then actually use it as a project management tool to keep track of what you're doing so you can streamline the process and and, and accelerate it and, and improve it in the process. Yeah. Okay, so here's the magic question. How long did it take you to produce this ebook? Um I worked on it uh in my spare time over a period of weeks, um kind of figuring out what elements I wanted to include. And again, jotting some notes into Evernote. And then once I really sat down with it, uh, you know, f- fleshed out what needed to be said in each each of the topics and then created the mind maps to go with that. Oh, OK. So this did you. So 
you you started with your ideas, built them into Evernote, and then matched the ideas to within a mind map, maybe to to clarify them and to reorganize them. Is that was that the the process? I was really using the mind maps in this case to demonstrate the principles that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at the book, each of those topics is fairly brief. It's like one page. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like an extended caption. I don't want to take people chapter and verse through how to do it. Uh, I'm actually just looking to gauge interest right now. If there's mm-hmm. enough interest in this ebook, I may create a course out of it, which I'll go much deeper. But for now, I just want to help people to understand what's possible and then help them to visualize that, look at the map and say, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Uh, that would be really cool if I could apply that to, to my book project. And, you know, I framed it in terms of the challenges that people are facing. Right. That's exactly, I learned, you know, several, got several ideas reading the book. Cause I, when I was, uh, when I use mind maps for books, it was really just purely to get that outline out. Let me structure my thoughts and uh, then export them into something that's usable that I can then build out. Um, and when I've done it for strategic projects, it's been more that brainstorming. It's like, okay, I want to figure out this kind of process and what goes where and how does it, how does it work and what order should things be in. Do you think that – how do you think we can get more writers using mind maps more effectively to help their writing? Because I think – I think I think it's like you said. It's it seems to be it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Might be having a bit of a renaissance now, but I don't know if, how many writers actually leverage this technique to improve in their writing. I think uh, they have to. I think there's probably a perception in a lot of people's minds, writers included, that mind mapping is just a the learning curve is too high. I can't do mm. this. I can't take the time. You know, I can't invest the time to, to figure it out. But actually. If you just want to start with a fairly low bar and just you know, get a hold of a free or low-cost program like a MindMeister or an XMind and just start putting putting your ideas into a map. Mm-hmm. Use it to start structuring whatever you're going to write and get used to doing that. And then come back to the book and, and look at some of the other things that you could do and then start incrementally doing more with it. Because you're going to get so much benefit by just outlining your writing project Uh in terms of you know once once you actually get down to writing, uh, and you can use things like topic notes to, to capture extended information, as Roger C. Parker points out. By the time you convert that into a Word document and get down to writing, you've already got such a head start on that whole process. It's it gives you some really much needed momentum early on in the writing project when you tend to be overwhelmed as a writer with what you have to get done. And that's absolutely it, and it, and uh, um. We'll make sure we have the link to the those posts in the show notes if they still exist. But it, it ties in exactly to what Brett was saying earlier this morning, where he takes his mind maps and he gets his order set and he starts adding notes into the topics and then he and he previews them in his tool marked and a lot of the stuff is already there. And then he continues to work and edit on the document. He refines it in the mind map. And then at some point he export it out and move yeah. it to something in Markdown. Cause he and I both, you know, write and uh, write in Markdown, um, export it back out and then, and then polish it. It is that head start. It's that uh, maybe mind mapping is one of the antidotes to blank page syndrome. 
where oh, absolutely it where you know what you you that first bubble okay what am i going to talk about and you put that in okay well what's next hit return okay that's next and then hit return it's next and you don't have to think you just type and go it, there's even a school of thought that says if you you know you you capture a few topics and then you just open up a new topic even if it's blank your brain doesn't like that yeah. So it's going to provide you with something to fill it. It's just kind of a subconscious thing. Yeah. I think, you know, that's... I was working on a mind map last night for, for something, um, plotting out how I develop content marketing strategies. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to try this timeline feature in the new version of Mind Manager. Because I thought that because I wanted a linear flow. And when I hit return as a sub, part of a subtopic below each step and it had you know that empty text there it's like i gotta fill this and it bugged me until yeah. i either decided nope i'm done nope nope that that's it i got it covered or oh no 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 there's one more thing and it feels like mind mapping lets you unlock that oh no 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 wait one there's one more thing as you go through in the the blogs that I write, in the courses that I've created, I've really emphasized that uh, it's a it's a blank slate. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go as many levels deep in it, as much detail as you want. Just get it down. And mm-hmm. however much detail that particular topic or aspect of what you're working on deserves, just get it there. And, and it doesn't matter what structure it's in because you, you have almost unlimited ability to move it around. And I talk about refactoring which is a term that someone else came up with to describe the idea that when you move a topic in a mind map to a new location, you suddenly put it in a different context. Mm. And it gives you the opportunity to think about it in a different way. And that often leads to more ideas that you can build out on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, we've we've been chatting for a while, and we could chat for, I'm sure, hours on this. But So there's uh, the question I, I want to, I've been asking a lot of people who are, focus you know tool these are to- on tool focused or to- you know technique focused conversations so chuck what is, what's your toolkit what 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 are the the apps that you use that you rely on to create your content we know we know evernote and we know word what what are the other tools in your toolkit that you use to to create your content um i use canva quite a bit for creating uh the uh uh, blog post headers, and uh, I've also been experimenting around with uh, uh, Vizme and Vengage mm-hmm. for creating infographics. Both uh, give you a, a powerful platform that's template based. I've got something I'm just about to publish. In fact, it's live on the blog now. I've just been tweaking a little bit on ten uh, hurdles that writers face and how mind mapping can help. Okay. And I started out with a Vengage template and just customized that. And I had written all of the text that was going to go into it before that, but I just copied and pasted it and tweaked the uh, uh, the uh, layout and, and the copy in this template and then added a call to action at the end to go get my book. Hey, got to have the call to action. Beautiful. That's why I've used Vizme before and I, I've um, chatted with them uh, a bunch. They're they're very cool people over there. Gonna have yeah. to check out this your your post so that I uh, can you know link to it because and, or and share it because obviously all writers need whether we admit it or not to ourselves we all can use a little little help. Um, now, final question: Someone wants to get going with mind mapping. 
what would be uh i think you, you mentioned it earlier but let's you know just focus of like what's what tool would you start off with and then what's what are the the upgraded better tools that you would recommend people using for mind mapping so how do you start and then what what would be that progression of the next best kinds of apps um, there are plenty of apps for uh, the iPad and iPhone. I mean, if you really, really want to go ultra cheap, that would be a good starting point just to see if it's right for your workflow. Uh, when you get to the desktop, there's things like XMind and MindMeister we talked about earlier is a very good collaborative tool. And it, and it does the basics really well and very simply. Um, if you want to go upscale from there, we mentioned Mind Manager earlier. That's kind of the Cadillac of mind mapping tools. Mm -hmm. For what most people need to do, it's probably overkill. But if you get into some more serious project management or uh, wanting to uh, integrate with other applications and so forth, it's a wonderful tool. Uh, Corel has owned them for probably, I'm guessing, five to seven that, years. That's what I think. Just, yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah. They're just taking it much farther than MindJet ever possibly could have. They've really invested in it a lot and yeah. and it's a wonderful tool set. Yeah, I actually I agree coming back to like Mind Manager was my tool of choice and uh um, it was Hobie Swan, I think is who introduced it to yeah. me. And and then it, it did I think MindJet kind of reached that point where like we we don't have the resources to make it better and then maybe all of us worried, oh when Corel bought it, they were gonna got mind manager and, and just it would never but it well, really in has that, in between that mind manager or mind jet merged with a company that was in the innovation management space and they thought they could create an end-to-end -end solution and it really yeah. didn't ever go anywhere i think customers collectively went what yeah <laughs> they, yeah it was too too hard of a, a sell and uh Corel, i was you know they Corel has over a hundred software titles you wonder if it would just kind of get lost like the the, the box yeah. Uh, at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah, with the Ark of the Covenant. It's never going to be seen again. No, that's that's right. not what happened. They actually added people to the team uh, and, and a vision for where this could go. That's just marvelous. Yeah. Well, you know, leave it, leave it to Canadians to uh, see a good thing and, and make it better. Uh, Corral yeah. being a great Canadian success story. Well, Chuck, this has been fantastic. Um, I wish we had talked years ago about all of this but um as i was telling brett terpstra earlier i think i'm going to have to do an entire show with a panel of tool user creator people just about the tools for writing because we could talk forever about it but i think as you said if you're right if you're a writer and you haven't tried um mind mapping to help your help your process get rid of blank page syndrome. I agree. Uh, XMind is a great way to start for free. If you want to download it, uh, MindMeister is also great. Just try it out oh. and, and, and go. I want to thank Chuck for being on the show. I also apologize for cutting off the last bit because we were talking about a really cool app called Spear, S-P-E-A-R-E. -E, that sounded really cool. But for some reason, when I saved the file, we lost the ending and it didn't make sense so it, i feel like these little end bumper things are like the marvel end credit scene hey here's what went wrong and goofed up in this take of the podcast maybe this will be part of the shtick i don't know but in any case here you go
Here's the usual end bumper now. If you'd like to learn more about me and my writing and content marketing services, please visit inkbythebarrel.ca. But until then, remember, keep your pencil sharp, your notebook in your pocket, and your pen always full of ink. This has been my ink-stained fingers. Thank you.